Welcome to episode four of It's a Beautiful Influence, a podcast about creating you online. I'm Allison. And I'm Krista. And today we are talking about social media tactics. This is a really fun one. Yes, we know everybody wants to know what should I be doing on social media to become known. Yeah. Right? Whether it's for your personal brand or your brand. And so today we're going to just kind of give you an overview of some common strategies that can really work across the board, um, whether you're on Facebook or Instagram, YouTube, wherever you might be deciding to focus your time and effort on social media. But we want to start with one of the most important things. Before you worry about what you're doing on social media, you need to know what, Allison? Defining your target audience. Who are you actually trying to target? So um, when it comes to defining your target audience, the biggest thing that we always stress is don't try to please everyone. Um, This is something that people don't want to be too particular or they don't want to narrow anything down because if I do, then I might take out some of my audience, right? Right. Those potential people that might like you. Um, But I want you to think about the game of darts, okay? Um, You have to aim in order to hit the board, right? Um, (laughs) If you let your... I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because, you know, if if you just look and you're like, oh, let me just throw the dart and see what happens then you're not aiming towards anything and you probably won't have a lot of friends at the end of the day if you're not trying to at least hit it on the board. Um, And so when you are trying to win the game, where do you have to aim? For the bullseye. For the bullseye, right? Right in the middle. So you have that, what you're looking at, and it's much easier to know how to throw it or where to throw it if you have that focus of what you're actually looking at, right? So many of us are trying to start things on social media and we don't have an aim. We're just like putting stuff out there. And because it's so broad and so about anything, nobody cares. It's It really comes down to that, that you have to have defined what your target is, what you want to attract, because you have to understand that even if it's not exactly what somebody loves they still might follow it because they love you you know because they like what you're doing and so I always use the example of Lululemon of how they're a complete yoga brand I have never I've tried hot yoga once have you done yoga (laughs) yeah like three times (laughs) yeah I don't have my entire wardrobe of sports clothes is Lululemon and I don't it's not a yoga person (laughs) I'm not a yoga person yeah even though I understand that about the brand I understand that they're defined in what they do um, and that it's you know functional and all that stuff, but I still love the brand even though I'm not a yoga person. Right, like just just like all those moms that are dropping off their kids every morning in their workout clothes, and I know they're in those same clothes when they pick them up. <laughs> they're not working out, but they want to be in those clothes. So you know. <laughs> yeah, and it gives you like a, something to expect or something to feel a certain way. Your your personal brand, whatever it is, people come to you expecting a a certain thing. So that's huge when it comes to you know what your personal personal brand is. So when you're trying to define your target audience, um, you, you're essentially looking for your ideal customer. What, who is your ideal customer? What do you want them to look like or talk like, or, you know, what problems do you want to solve for them? And we often want to help those who have gone through what we've personally endured. I mean, it's one of those things that the problems that you have, once you figure out how to solve them, Um, you want to help other people. So the thing with our knowledge base, with what we know is it's, it's often a reflection of our passion. We use what we know helped us and we use that to help other people. So that's kind of the big thing when it comes to your ideal customer is what, what do you want to be able to help other people with? Right? Yeah. 
So um, another part about this is identifying your most important investments towards your target audience. So what are, what are you willing to invest in your audience? So one of those things is building relationships, um, making posts to attract and relate to other people. And that has to be specific. Whatever it is that you want to talk about, that you love, that you're passionate about, you're only going to build relationships. It's kind of like having a friend that you have nothing in common with. Why right. would you have Why would you have that friend? You don't. Right. And that's the thing. Is some of the – one of my favorite things about social media is the relationships I've been able to build with people. Yes. And I've been able to build those relationships because I followed somebody that – I somehow was, I related to, right? Yes. So. Yes. So defining that is huge. Just, um, you know, making specific posts essentially of, of whatever it is that you're trying to go for. Um, number two, part of, um, investing in your target audience, establishing very clear empathy in their current problems and what they currently do to try and solve it. So, um, whatever you're talking about, whatever, whether it's health, fitness, yoga, food, marketing, whatever it is, you have to empathize with what people might be going through or what you see them going through on social media. This is part of how you interact with your audience, right? Commenting and, and talking through things, but, um, also understanding what they currently do. So now you can find a way to solve it. Right. Like for you, uh, for example, Allison, (laughs) right. You talk to people who maybe they have motivation issues. Like they want to work out, they want to be healthier, but they just can't find that motivation. And so that's one of the things you do, right? You, you think about what problem they're facing and why they might not be going to the gym, even though they want to, and you try to talk them into figuring (laughs) that out, right? (laughs) Yes, no, it's true. And it's, it's funny because it's kind of like one of the last slides that we were talking about was how your knowledge base is what you, what you talk about and what you want to help with. And that's, those are things that I struggle with myself. And my talk started with me talking to myself saying, Hey, what do you need help with today, Allison? And through that other people related. And now when I'm doing my talks, it's more based on what I see, you know, what people are messaging me about or, or what problems that I see in culture or things that people are facing. And now I'm like, okay, well, how can I try to solve that problem for people based on what I've been through or based on, you know, what I know. Um, so essentially it's just providing that value to be able to solve people's problems. I mean, that's a, that's defining your target audience, knowing who you're trying to help and, uh, and what you're trying to do with that, with that audience. So there's basically three people that will fit into this target audience of yours, whatever it is, whatever you do. Um, there's the person that will follow your call to action. So this is that person that is die hard. They love what you do. They're like, what are you selling? I want it. What do you want me to do? I will do it. And oftentimes I think a lot of people don't even get to this point of giving a call to action. Right. Because they're like, well, I don't want to seem salesy. Well, I don't want to seem pushy, but there's people that, you know, if you have a YouTube channel, tell them about it. Say, Hey, go follow my YouTube channel. This is what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because people that like you are going to want to follow you and be on, you know, be on board with whatever you have. Um, and then the second thing is the person that influences the person that will follow your call to action. So maybe this person won't buy your products, but they will go on their social media and give you a shout out and say, Hey, this person's doing this and they're selling this. Um, and that's super helpful. Absolutely. That could be just as valuable as the person who's going to follow you to your call to action. Yes. I mean, the, the people that get your message out there that, you know, I've had people, um, message me about when I was selling shirts and they're like, 
they're like, oh, I went to, you know, this festival today and I was talking to people about your brand and I'm like, that's so cool, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, um, so the people that influences is the people that influence, <laughs> um, that's huge for your brand, for whatever you're doing, the people that will shout you out. And then the, um, the third one is your supporters. So that is just people that will just be there for you. Mm-hmm. They, they like what you're doing. Oftentimes supporters are silent too. Right. You know, they'll, after the year of following you, they'll all of a sudden be like, oh, I've been watching you for a long time now and I'm so inspired with whatever. Or I'm so happy you right. did this. And you're like, oh, I had no idea. Right. <laughs> but they're the people that will consistently, you know, like your post yes. or leave a comment or maybe reply to your story with a DM or, you know, but that's, those are important too. That's an important part of your audience. Not everybody's going to buy from you and not everybody's going to shout you out. Mm-hmm. But having those people that consistently engage with your content or watch your content, not only does that, you know, just support you, but that helps your algorithm in the, in the different social media platforms. So. Yes. It's, and so defining that, that audience is huge because once you know who you want to help and what knowledge base you have to help, what you know, what you already have in your own head, it's creating content and all of these other things are is so much more simple because you're working off of what you already know. Exactly. And what you're inspired to do. So exactly. So kind of along those same lines though, it's once you've kind of defined that target audience, you kind of have to go a little further as to where are you gonna find them? Yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. <laughs> because you know, depending on if you're going after twelve to seventeen year olds or if you're going after a fifty year old and up they're going to be in very different places. I can tell you one will be on Snapchat and one's going to be on Facebook, right? (laughs) Um, But so you need to figure out where your audience is and, and maybe sometimes you have to play around. Maybe you're not a hundred percent sure exactly who your audience is. And so you might have to try different platforms and try your content on different platforms because there obviously is a lot of crossover. So you have to figure out what works best. Um, but a lot of times there's also, you can find the statistics, you know, like 90% of Instagram users are under 35. So if your target audience is under 35, Instagram's probably a great place for you to place be. Place to be. <laughs> um, however, you know, Facebook has over 2 billion users, so not going to hurt you to be on Facebook either. Yeah. But one of the best ways to figure that out is just get on each platform and start trying it. You got to mm-hmm. use them. You got to join them, be active parts of each platform see who's posting what, see who's engaging with what you're sharing. Um, you know, so you really have to just get in there and get in the trenches. And that's one of the best ways. But you can also think about three different things as far as what platform or platforms you want to focus on, right? So one, what are your goals for being on social media? Mm-hmm. Are you just building a personal brand? You want to be known for something? Are you trying to sell something? You know, are you trying to build a brand story before you launch a new brand, things mm-hmm. like that, because um, that's going to affect which platform works for you. Yeah. And then you got to think about your audience, like I already said. So that's why we say you have to start with knowing your audience. Yes. Because that'll really help you figure out if you know your general age group or your, the general lifestyle or things like that. It's going to tell you which platform is the best choice for you. But you also have to think of what what are your strengths and what are you comfortable with if you are not comfortable getting on video. <laughs> first of all, practice until you get yes. more comfortable, right? Practice first. <laughs> Start because that's where we're going. Video and video and voice marketing is where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, but you probably don't want to be on Instagram stories talking to the video every every single day if right. you're not comfortable there, right? Um, but if you have a really good strength of writing and you can write really great, long, informational, helpful posts, then LinkedIn or Facebook might be the great you yeah. know great platform for you. 
which also makes you think of uh, if you're selling to other businesses, then you definitely need to be on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, yes. And something to consider too, just as a broad spectrum thing, is like we've been talking about this stuff for a while, right? But if you are just starting out and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know my audience. I don't even know what my goals are for social media yet. When we first start talking to people about it, um, don't freak out that you don't know these answers yet, that you don't know exactly what age or yep. what audience, that starting and the process of documenting what you're doing and figuring out, you know, if I can talk on video every day or figuring out if I'm better at writing or what, what I'm interested in going through that process. Well, you'll figure out so much. It's kind of like Absolutely. a self-reflection journey. You're like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause then you go through it and then you're like, Oh, well I like this better. And people are responding better to this. And after you go through it for a little bit, you start to get answers to these questions and then you can really, really define. But if you're just starting out, just get these sketches in your head of what you should be looking for, what you should be kind of thinking about. And then as you do it, you just have to get outside of your comfort zone and do it. As you do it, you'll find the answers to these questions. Exactly. And that does remind me along those lines, if you are joining us for the very first time, <laughs> we do have three episodes that you can go back and listen to, which are going to help guide you through the process of where we are now. Yeah. Yes. Um, so kind of some of those things Allison mentioned help you figure out how to figure out your why and what yes. you do want to be known for. So if you haven't listened to podcast episodes one, two, or three, go back and check them out. It'll make today make a lot more sense too if you're not if you're just starting out. You will love um, it. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so hopefully that gives you an idea of how to start choosing um, the platforms. But some of the, just to give you an overview of some of the different key stats about the different platforms and what so you can start thinking about what might fit your audience. Facebook, as I mentioned, has over 2 billion users. Ooh. Now, everybody talks about Facebook being for old people. I don't know. But this pretty recent statistic right here shows that um, 27% are 18 to 29 on yeah. Facebook. Facebook's so, making a comeback, I think. Yeah. So, And I, I personally know a lot of like 20-somethings that are definitely active on Facebook as well. So mm -hmm. um, don't don't automatically disregard Facebook as a good platform just because you're going after somebody that's, you know, college age or 20-something. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting about Facebook is at least two-thirds of Facebook people, users, have some college education. So you're talking to overall a fairly educated yeah. audience, which is something to keep in mind. So Especially if you're going to sell something you want, you know. Right. Um, and then, as you probably know by now, you've been living under a rock if you don't know. <laughs> Really, only a small percentage of your friends or fans will see your post on Facebook, especially if you are a business page. Mm -hmm. But that's even true for personal pages um, because Facebook has changed the algorithm to try and make more money from Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but that does not mean you shouldn't do it. Yes. Just about every brand can absolutely benefit from being on Facebook, whether you're building a personal brand or you're building up your company brand. Um, and we'll get more into that in future podcast episodes. But definitely, if you're not sure, if you want to pick two platforms and you're not sure, Facebook is pretty much always a safe bet as one of them. Yes. So Just have a presence on there. Is exactly. Huge. A presence. And then Facebook, as most social media these days, it's all about the algorithm, mm -hmm. right? And so early on, you really want to just try and focus on getting a fan base, right? And getting those... Those people that are your close friends and family, mm -hmm. your colleagues, whatever it is, your classmates, your teammates, just trying to get them to start liking and engaging with your content early on. 
Yes. Because as we all know, it'll say like, oh, Allison liked Krista's post. Mm-hmm. And all her friends will see that all of a sudden. And then they'll be like, oh, what did she like? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, even early on when you have a really small audience, you can build your exposure and hopefully your community by getting your loyal early on fans to engage with your content. Yes. Um, and then Facebook, just like any social media, you want to make sure you're sharing interesting or entertaining <laughs> or educational content, right? Yeah, something having to do with your brand. A lot of times I'll see people have a Facebook page for their business and they'll post something like about a dog sitting company. And it's like, oh, well, you have a you know social media strategy brand? I don't know. <laughs> what, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> what does that have to do with a dog sitting company? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely you want to share that you know relevant information, but yes. it's on Facebook. It's all about what's shareable. Is this a really cool, unique fact? Is this a really helpful tip? Is mm. this something that's really entertaining? And then, as you hopefully know by now as well, photos and videos do normally get the most views and the most engagement. Text posts are still important and valuable, but mm-hmm. people want to just see stuff. Yes, <laughs> and explaining that too, kind of what you were saying is like. Like, even if you're posting a video, explain what it is or explain, just like give two sentences for, because so many times people post something and everyone's like, well, what's this for? Like, what's the purpose? You know? Yes. You can't just post a video or picture with no information on it. Yes. Also, if you don't know, 85% of Facebook video is currently watched without the sound on. That's huge. So if you're posting a whole bunch of videos with no captions, (laughs) Allison's pointing at herself because she was doing that. That's me. People probably don't know what you're seeing in your videos. So Facebook has an you know in-app or in-platform tool that lets you add captions. There are also a lot of other great third-party ones, which we can share with you. If you want to know, reach out to us. Um, but it doesn't take that much extra time to add those captions. And mm-hmm. it's really those people that are watching at work or in class or whatever, they'll be able to know what your video is about. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> right. they're not going to have that sound on. Yep. So. <laughs> Scrolling um, Facebook at work. I know. You know who you are. And then, <laughs> and then if you follow us on social media at all, you know that we have a Facebook group for commu- creating you. And we also use Facebook Live. And yes. there's very good strategy behind that because Facebook wants you to use both of those things. And they reward the pages mm-hmm. in, with higher, you know, they show them higher in the newsfeed when you, especially Facebook Live. If you do a Facebook Live video, more people are going to see that than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice because then it stays there and people can continue to watch it later. So you're going to get the most engagement from Facebook Live. Yes. And Facebook groups are just a great way to build a community. But Facebook will absolutely reward your page for having that group and, and building that community. Because they want it to be a place where people come and spend time. Yes, spend time <laughs> in the app. Now, um, I have all the facts and statistics about Instagram, but I want Allison to talk a little <laughs> bit about why she loves Instagram. Oh my gosh, Instagram is by far my favorite. Um, so this statistic, 80% of Instagram users say they follow at least one business on it. That's It's so huge that I think most of the products within the last two years that I've bought have been from Instagram. Yeah, and that's um, getting more and more common. Because we want to see the face behind the brand. You yep. know what I mean? We want to know where things are coming from. Um, you know, we want to know the people behind it and what their purpose is. And I love Instagram, um, for a few reasons. I mean, I think it's, it's a lot more video friendly as far Mm -hmm. as that goes. 
And um, people are able to engage with you on a very like straightforward right away level. Instagram stories is kind of, you know, where I started off doing everything that I'm doing. And, um, and people, you know, I like the polls, you can vote, you can have a lot of engagement without a bunch of talking, if that right. makes sense. Right. Um, and so getting that feedback and getting people feeling like they know you is, is a huge part of getting people to consistently engage. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I love the part of Instagram of where you can basically, it, it's all started to make sense once I did it consistently <laughs> of telling your story every day. It's like, that's like my story. It's like, well, what am I doing right now? Oh, let me just record it, yep. you know? And so it's kind of a, it's a fun way to, to have your name out there, you know, and then you have your highlights and you have, well, this is the highlights of my life, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. it's the, it's the fun things that I want people to see, um, kind of the pillars of content that I use, health, fitness, all those fun things. So yeah, yeah. I love Instagram. Yeah. And I, you know, I have come to love Instagram and I think it's definitely the one I spend the most time on myself now mm-hmm. too, and where I focus my energy um, but if you are trying to actually sell a product or service, which Allison has done through Instagram as well, and as yes. you heard her say, she's discovered a lot of products. 60% of Instagram users hear about a product or service through Instagram. Mm-hmm. Even better if you're selling something, at least a third of Instagram users have purchased something they first learned about yes. on Instagram. Yes. Wait, so one third, 33% <laughs> of people have actually bought something that they would not have known about if it wasn't for Instagram. It's so It's huge. That's it's huge. just huge. Um, and then if you think, oh, nobody wants to see posts about my products. Nope. 65% of the top performing Instagram posts feature products. Yes. It's kind people of, love seeing the products. It's kind of like seeing your best friend wear a sweater and you're like, where'd you get that sweater? And you want to click on her picture right. and like find the sweater without being like super creepy and messaging her. Right. Because you're like, I'm not, I'm not copying you, <laughs> you know? So it's like that you can, so if you like something somebody has, you right. can go buy it. It's right. that simple. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking about how Facebook is the place to be if you don't know where to start because there's over 2 billion users. But Instagram hit a billion users in 2018. So, you know, nothing to sneeze (laughs) at there. Yes. Um, So there's some just a couple little interesting random hacks or tips for Instagram. Um, One of these that I see people do fail at (laughs) all the time is not using their location. I don't know why. It's so easy to do it. It's so easy. And so why we're saying that's so important is 79% higher engagement. Yes. Posts or stories that have the location get 79% higher engagement. I feel like people don't want to. It's kind of like, you know how there's like that thing where people go, oh, well, I wasn't I wasn't looking at your profile. People like to make it sound weird. like Or yeah. they'd be like, oh, I was creeping on your Instagram profile. And I'm like, okay, what? why else would it be on your profile? Right. It's there for me to creep. Don't act right. like I'm not going to go back like, you know, six months in your post. And look, I am. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm on Instagram for. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like... So doing stuff like that, it's like, yes, I want to know exactly where you were when you were wearing that dress. Yeah. I want to know. Where is that? Yeah. Yeah. I get so mad. Like, where are you? Where are you shopping at? Where, what restaurant are you at? Because I feel like, oh yeah, I've been to that restaurant. And so then you just feel like, oh yeah, he eats at the same place that I do. Right? Yes. It creates that relatability you were talking about. It's, it's huge. Exactly. So another way that you can boost engagement is by getting people to spend more time with your posts, right? Yes. So raise your hand if you've ever used a carousel post, either for video or photo. Yep. We're both yeah, raising our, both hand. our hands. Are up. Yep. If you don't know what a carousel <laughs> post is, that's that opportunity on Instagram where you can post more than one video or picture in an actual post in your yes. feed. Yes. 
Um, and Instagram loves this because they want people to spend more time on their platform. Yes. And so if you use that, people naturally spend more time because they're swiping through to see what else you've shared. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if you people are spending more time on your post, then Instagram's going to reward you and boost you up higher in people's feeds. Yes. We so love the Instagram algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> and and Instagram along those lines too, they want you to use all their tools. So like yes. on your feed. You know, you should be using both photos and videos, right? Yes. Because once again, a video, people are going to spend a little more time than just looking at a photo. And they want you to use Instagram stories. If mm-hmm. you haven't gotten the clear message from us yet. <laughs> use Instagram stories. Use Instagram stories. Um, that's where it's going. That's where it's at. Yes. Um, and then Instagram Live. I've only done this, I think, twice. But Instagram Live, too. So using all the possible options Instagram has, mm-hmm. they're going to reward you with, uh, you know, higher... Um, position in people's feeds if you use everything they offer and I notice a huge difference with that too because when I post an actual you know picture or video or whatever when I have um videos in my story as well of me talking or whatever yeah um that adds to the engagement on my actual posts and on my actual profile so I think it's important to have those things kind of simultaneously going on because then Instagram knows you're using all of their features exactly it helps a lot And so going back to Instagram stories and why it's so important, Instagram stories has, you know, about a third of users on Instagram are using it daily now. Yes. So that's huge. And I think that number is only going to grow. That's what everybody thinks, really. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it just gives you that opportunity for people to really get to know, like, and trust you. Mm-hmm. There's Because every day it's so casual, so impromptu. You don't have to have some perfectly curated, beautiful post or video. It can just be like, hey, this is what's going on. Or here's my thoughts on this. Or this is, yes. you know. And I think the key to that, too, is is active users. Because if you think of something like YouTube, you can pl- start playing a playlist and have a dinner party and you've got the playlist in the background you know right. what I mean as where Instagram these are active users these are people that are literally watching yeah. your story they're listening to it you yeah. know it's it's much different than Facebook how we were you know Facebook is a totally different story as well so exactly and Instagram stories also gives you a really great chance to interact Allison mentioned that earlier but you know the polls the questions the slider mm. people love giving their opinion <laughs> yes Applebee's or Chili's yeah I was so surprised I, I mean I do polls like that all the time yeah and people People will actually message me and be like, seriously, Allison, Applebee's. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I'm just... <laughs> but people absolutely love to you share their opinion. And so that's a great way to get people to interact with you and to like feel like they can relate to you. Just Yes. And Instagram, once again, loves that. When people answer your polls or your questions or whatever, that is more engagement. So Instagram is going to continue to reward you with that as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's, you know... Two benefits. The benefit of you get to interact more with your the audience, and then mm-hmm. Instagram is going to let you more people see your content. Yes. So, um, and if you are selling something, if you are on Instagram trying to sell a business, you know, the brand, a product, or service, twenty percent of stories posted by businesses actually get a direct reaction from a user. Isn't that great? So that's it. you know, if you use uh, have a website. You know, when you use Google search engine marketing and pay Google for keywords, I promise you 20% of those people that go to your website are not interacting directly with your company. Right. I have clients who do this and that's the conversion rates are like 2%. Mm-hmm. So to get a reaction from 20% of the people that watch your story, mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive. It's so. huge. 
Now, moving away from our beloved Instagram, <laughs> um, because if you can't tell, we love it. Yes. But Twitter, you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because Twitter is, you know, a little bit different now. It's really saturated, but it can still serve a good purpose. Mm -hmm. um, it can work really well for customer service. Uh, I shared the story on Instagram not too long ago. I had an issue with JCPenney portraits. Yes. And I emailed them. Two days, nothing. I called twice, got put on hold for over half an hour, gave up. I sent them one tweet. Mm -hmm. Less than an hour later, I had a reply to the tweet and an email in my inbox with the, the pictures I was missing. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so, you know, they can, depending on what your business <laughs> is, that can be a really great place to have customers feel like they have a place to go to get the help they need. Yes. Um, it could also be really great if you're a funny brand, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you're a brand that likes to share, like, up-to-the-minute news. It's a great source for, like, real-time news, real-time marketing. Quick thoughts. Um, quick thoughts, exactly. Or even for networking, it's really easy to kind of connect with people on Twitter and, and get to know them. But most brands and most personal brands, you know, are, are going to struggle to build themselves uh, on Twitter. So you, we don't recommend you necessarily spend a lot of time there unless it's very important in your industry or the area you want to be known for. Mm -hmm. So from that, we go to YouTube, which I will let Allison talk a little bit about, <laughs> about YouTube. I love YouTube. So this is kind of a, a way to expand on your thoughts or expand on whatever it is that you want to talk about. Because obviously with YouTube, you have much more time. Um, you can explain your thoughts in depth. This is a great place to do how-to videos, um, to give just your kind of, a lot of people do those uh, video log things where they go through their entire yeah. day <laughs> and essentially, you know, say, oh, here's what happens when I wake up and now I'm eating cereal, you know. Yeah. Um, Which I don't get it, but lots of people lot love to do that. people yeah. love to watch it, you yeah. know, because if, you, if you're following somebody and you like what they're doing, you kind of wonder, well, how did they get there? So how right. do, what do they do when they wake up in the morning, whatever. Um, so yeah, YouTube is a great place for that. Um, especially if you are an artist with music, you have to be on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you are, um, if you're a comedian, yes, or a an comedian, entertainer of any sort, right? Yes. Entertainment is on YouTube because it gets at so many active users. How many did you say it was? Yeah. I think it's about 1.3 billion active users on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> it's crazy how much people are active on YouTube. And I think that's replaced television essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's. Oh, about 5 billion videos are watched every day on YouTube and you can reach 80% of 18 to 49 year olds in the US with That's YouTube. Crazy. And yeah, more YouTube is watched every day now than cable network. Isn't that crazy? That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> People want to feel like they know who that person is and they want them to be more reachable because if you think of movie stars there's no way to talk to them interact with right. them or anything and there's such a block between you and them and now we have this whole realm of youtube where people are you know famous from youtube yeah and they you get to interact with comments with you know them on other platforms and i think people like that relatability so much more yeah than feeling like they don't know who they're actually somebody that's acting you know yeah and in case you're wondering why the heck we're talking about YouTube, that's not social media. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Because you subscribe to people's channels, you can like or dislike their videos, you can comment on their videos, and people with the most successful YouTube channels usually 
um, are interacting with their audience on their YouTube, you know, videos and things like that. So yes. it really is a social media platform. Yes. And you can also make money from the advertisement from yeah. YouTube. So that's, yep. people have some careers from that if you're really good at it. For <laughs> sure. Even some children. Yeah. Kids, some young kids can do it. You can do it if you really want to. Yes, it's true. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's great for how-to videos. It's great for um, explaining, like Allison, you know, their motivational talks on Instagram stories, but then she mm-hmm. expands on those in a YouTube video yes so you know it's not just for entertaining and it's not just for like your daily life even there's a lot of different things you can use yes for. yes I completely agree um so if you're comfortable on video or even if you're not and you want to get there you probably can use YouTube no matter what what your industry is or what you want to be known for yes it's another platform you should definitely be on try you know put your videos on there and see what happens you never know yeah Another one that I think we're going to hear more and more about in 2019 is LinkedIn. Yes. Yeah. LinkedIn is getting huge. And Allison's just kind of getting her feet wet with LinkedIn a little bit. Yes. She's been there, but she's trying to learn more. And, and I am too. You know, I've, I haven't made the time to get really active again on LinkedIn, but I need to um, because people are just starting to create content there and valuable mm-hmm. content. And it's, you know, creating a lot of interaction and yes. so whether you are building a personal brand, whether you're building a business, if you're a salesperson, if you just want to get that next amazing job, LinkedIn is the ultimate professional network, as we all know, and people really are starting to create content on there. So Yeah, I think the, the difference before of why I never used it is because I was kind of like, well, it's just like a resume, yeah. you know, website. and. And now the way that I look at it from kind of doing some experimenting on there, I mean, the interface is much like Facebook and Instagram, but it's more geared towards the professional realm. It's where Instagram is a lot more casual. There's a lot more content on there that's just random, what the heck ever, as where LinkedIn is more focused on um, on business and, yeah. and learning and getting better and networking and all that kind of stuff. They're much more business focused, which you can still post entertaining content. You can still post you know, like motivational videos like I do. You can still do all of those things. Exercise videos are on there too. Um, But it's just more of a professional environment is where like we talked about like, you know, on Instagram people are famous for sliding into your DMs, (laughs) right? And and LinkedIn is not like that at all. It's like, hey, we don't do that here. I I think somebody commented something something funny on one of my videos and I had like three people respond and be like, dude, this isn't Tinder. And I was like, yes. I was like, so good. So LinkedIn is really just an online community where you can learn from people, you can network with people, Mm -hmm. right? And you can find clients and you can potentially find your next job if you're looking for a job. So there's a lot of great uses for LinkedIn. Um, and it's, uh, 500 million users right now. So, and growing. So if you're not on there, I encourage you to get on there and just start using it and seeing what people in your area are sharing and posting and see if you can find a way to start sharing and posting there as well. Yeah. And that's it for today's episode of it's a beautiful influence. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you will come back and listen to more episodes. We are available anywhere you listen, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Anchor, and we hope you will subscribe and leave us a review if you have time. It just helps us spread the word to more people, and if you share us out on Instagram, please tag us so that we can share you on our story as well. Um, You can find us at Creating You Online on Instagram and Facebook, or Allison K. Furno or Krista Fabric 
on Facebook and Instagram, and we will leave those handles in the episode notes. And we hope you will join us next time for It's Already Here, episode five of It's a Beautiful Influence. It's going to be about doubting yourself on social media. Have a great day.